Welcome back for another episode of the AWG Podcast, where we discuss the biggest topics and trends in the water sport and boat tour industry. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and join our mailing list by visiting watersportpodcast.com. After you finish listening, continue the conversation in our Facebook group, Watersport and Boat Tour Operators. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick break and talk about our sponsors for the month, AMP Agency. AMP is a full-service digital marketing agency that specializes in tour, rental, and destination marketing. We would not have sponsors on the show if we could not vouch for them ourselves. AMP Agency does a bunch of stuff for Destiny Water Adventures. Personally, I 100% vouch for this guy. I've I've handed them over to other companies in the past before they officially became a sponsor, and they have had nothing but great things to say. If you guys are doing your own marketing and doing a piss poor job of it, do yourselves a favor, hand yourselves over to AMP Agency, specifically Steve Edwards, their CEO, will call you personally and have a great conversation with, with you about what you guys need to do for your marketing. Listen, guys, they do pretty much everything in digital marketing, website development, maintenance, Google AdWords, PPC, graphic design, social media management, SEO, and a myriad of other things. When you choose a marketing company, it's so important to choose a company that knows your industry. And AMP Agency knows activity marketing especially water sports and tours. They got a promo going for Awkward Water Sport Guy listeners for their, their managed websites. Use promo code Awkward Podcast when you go to amp.agency. Again, that's amp.agency, promo code Awkward Podcast. You get three months free and get started with Amp Agency. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 98 of the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. Today, we are, we are joined with Keith Goss of Tideland Consulting. He is the president. Welcome, Keith, to the show. Hey, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things today, uh, primarily in the financial uh, business planning, because, I, you know, we've, when we finish the years, you know, we have all this money and, you know, what do we do with it? And also, what are some things that we should be doing throughout throughout the year? And Keith happens to be a, a business planner. And I think it was being a, a great episode to kind of walk through some of those opportunities and scenarios and pick his brain. So Keith, or I'm sorry, wait, Greg, are you like yeah. so stiff and nervous this morning because there's double the sexiness happening on this show like because of the beards and all just the good looking like is are you are you worried no no, not at all (laughs) all right i'm just double checking man like you seem like a little you know you seem very professional on this one man like is it because it's finance i I don't know fuck man let's party let's have some fun we're talking about money who the fuck doesn't love money man let's talk about fucking money and how we can make more of it i'm down okay tell us a little bit about yourself what it is that you do a little bit about your backstory man fucking let's go yeah man so i've been in the industry uh a bit over a decade now i'm out of jacksonville florida i was born in houston texas Uh, i grew up here in florida did some time in the military over in, in your neck of the woods over in fort walton beach i was with the 20th special operations uh command over there from 2000, the end of 2000 uh, to 2005. Got out after visiting all the armpits of the world, you know, and doing shit with 9-11. And uh, what happened? <laughs> what the fuck happened there? I don't know. We just got some weird fucking headshot or something. The three of us. Like, try, no, there's, there was a little icon that said, take squad shot. And I'm like, 
I'm the, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't know it was actually going to warn you guys. Fucking so, PC users. <laughs> this, I just, dude, I so went straight into like I, glamour I, I, shots. I just thought when it was like, just take thing. a screenshot because like... we, we always lack photos of like our show. So it's it's pretty funny because Keith is like, what the fuck is going on? Kevin's laughing and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. So, anyways, he's like, what kind of podcast yeah, clown show am I on right now? He's like, I've done so many like mindset fucking special. Like, the moment everyone finds out your special ops, they want to have you on their podcast. Like, how many push ups should I do in the morning yeah. before I take my cold shower and optimize my life? Keith? Stay hard. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, uh, so, so yeah, back before you took, uh, this cameo picture, um, so I was, was in Destin deployed a lot, obviously with nine 11 happening, um, uh, went through some incidences there and got out in 2004, came home early 2005, uh, did everything. The next step in the regiments go become a police officer because you run around with guns and shoot at people over in the desert. You want to do that shit here. So I got hired on at the local department. Um, spent some time doing the SWAT thing, spent some time doing narcotics and, um, met my wife, uh, had two girls. They're now 12 and 10 and I'm what you call a shit magnet. So, uh, they're like, Hey, where do you want to work? And I'm like, just put me in the worst spot in town and I'll go find shit to do. So the wife being, uh, you know, mother hen said, Hey, it's time for you to get out. It's time for you to do something different. I want to make sure you make it home, uh, especially to the kids. So. During, luckily for me, during my law enforcement career, I created a startup bounce house party rental company. Went from one bounce house uh, to just over 500 inflatable units uh, over the years and then ended up selling that. Uh, I built that thing up to, uh, we were doing about 400 to 500 grand a month in revenue. And, uh, uh, the wife basically gave me the ultimatum. She's like, hey, shit or get off the pot. It's time for you to leave law enforcement. We've got too much important things happening. And the business really needed me as the full-time CEO. So I made that transition uh, in 2012 and uh, ran the company, was approached by a venture capitalist group, uh, and ultimately uh, got to exit. Through that hands-on experience, I knew that I wanted to be in the finance sector because I got raped in taxes. I got destroyed in things that I could have avoided if I had the education and the principles around how money worked. So 2012, this is when this company kind of got its birth. Um, I went up the ranks at Northwestern Mutual. Right, I was uh, They paid for all my licensing, which is why I went there initially. And uh, so I got really good at selling product. Uh, about five years into that, I realized that selling product was, was for the birds. And I didn't want to just sell a product to people. I wanted to help them financially. So transitioned into this business consulting world because I love business owners. And that's when we kind of adopted this one-stop shop. And really being able to educate on tax strategies that you guys can take advantage of that we don't know about because our CPAs and accountants aren't proactive, right? They're reactive. Um, so heavy in the tax space on helping you, you know, business owners keep more of what they earn every year. Keeping more of what they earn allows them to then deploy that capital in other ways to create more wealth. Right. So it's the cycle that starts once we learn the principles of how to move the money. So fast forward to today, we've been open for about 10 years. We've got an office up here in Jacksonville. I've got an office in Orlando. We're in the process of uh, creating an office in Tampa. And we're, we're licensed in all the states. So 
anywhere in the country. You know, we've got clients all over the country that are spread out and uh, really just focusing on, on building a one-stop shop. So, you know, taxes, uh, asset protection, risk management, payroll solutions, you name it. If you need it in a business, we offer that service to these folks now. So that's kind of the story of, of me and how I got to where I'm at. Yeah, man. Um, cause dude, I got like, I got a few questions for you, but I'd like just to get, I'd just like to give a little bit of background for our listeners. Like where, where Keith comes from, as always, guys. Uh, uh, Keith and I started working together. Well, I actually haven't even cut him a check yet. I'm, I'm pretty terrified at the, what that bill is going to be because we've had a lot of conversations. He's really learning about, about my business. And, um, so I just, just to give a little bit of, of context, how we met Keith. Um, Keith, I met Keith through like uh, like a, a trainer or something like that. His partner or one of his sales guys, whatever David is to you. I don't want to misspeak on that. And so Keith's been working with us and uh, he really opened up to my eyes. Um, there's a lot of you guys listen. No, this is my first business. Uh, and I probably don't do every stupid business owner thing uh, on the like that you can possibly do. Talking with Keith is just like every time I tell him what I'm doing, he's just kind of like, yeah. Uh, heard that before. So, um, what is the first? What 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 would you say? The main kind of dumb common thing that all of us first time business owners do. Like, if you can, I know there's probably a billion one, but what's the number one thing you're just like, oh man. Hey everyone, we're gonna take a quick break and talk about our sponsor for the month, Tourscale. Tourscale offers three different franchise models designed to work alongside your existing business. They are all manufactured right here in the U.S. and include everything you need to launch your new business, including web, marketing, analytics, and data to automate your tour operations. Let's talk about the different options they offer. Trolley Pub is a 16-seat pedal-powered bike. Next is the Paddle Pub, a 26-passenger U.S. Coast Guard CO-wide cycle boat. And lastly, the Tiki Pub, which can be built for 6, 20, or 30 passengers. Hit up my boy Kai at tourscale.com. That's K-A-I at tourscale.com or give him a call at 888-753-7507 and ask for Kai or hit me up in the DMs and I'll give you his personal phone number. And we can talk all about how I saw uh, actually uh, one of Kai's pedal pubs at Arrival and I thought it was super cool. And when we got into the weeds a little bit, Kai kind of explained to me the differences between their product and some of their competitors' product and why it was so important that this stuff was being sourced here locally and I, I couldn't agree more you'll also notice a lot of this stuff uh, is called pub and which is a hundred percent on brand with what I'm all about uh, getting your people out safely and a model that promotes safety by having a captain or uh, somebody driving the vehicle that you're in while you're having some drinks and I couldn't be more on board with those ideas so hit up Kai at tour scale and talk to him let him know Kevin sent you from the awkward water sports guys and, and maybe uh, he'll kick me back like a like a kickback or something which would be dope all right guys let's get back to the show um, they just do and that becomes the problem right so the question that I asked is like, how does a business formulate itself? All three of us had an idea one day. We're like, hey, we could probably monetize that. Then we figure out how to monetize it. And then the next thing you know, we're four years into a business. Um, the problem is we just ask our friends, hey, this is where I'm at. What should I do next? And we go and stack the deck. We get general liability. You know, We get the, the websites. We get the marketing. We do all these things, but we really don't focus on what the most important piece of it all is, is the revenue. I can't tell you guys how many 
six, seven, eight, nine figure individuals I work with that don't know their numbers. That is the biggest mistake. And it's the most important, but no one ever does that until they wake up one day and they're like, shit, I owe 400 grand in taxes, right? Or, or something from a income perspective gives them that aha moment. So, I, you know, the biggest takeaway for anyone in here today is to focus on your P&L from day one in the company. If you can always understand how your money's moving, you can make the best decisions ever and avoid a shit ton of pain points. Yeah. I always get a kick out of um, talking to someone and, and I we, we bring up like the balance sheet and cash flows and they have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm like, you don't know what a balance sheet is? And they're like, no. They barely know what a P&L is. They just see money coming and money coming out and then whatever's left, that's you know, what they look at their profit. It's it's out. Look, I'm 100% guilty of it. And I know a lot of, of guys in our space that are super guilty of it because they are 100% lifestyle guys. You get into, you don't get into water sports because, and maybe some people do, but you know, like a parasailing boat or dolphin tours, like the, the rentals a little bit more commodity based. So, you know, any fucking knucklehead can kind of get started into that. But some of the more specialized stuff, they just loved it. You know what I mean? Like, man, almost every guy I know that started a parasail company, you know, they were a captain for somebody else. They were like, I can figure out this myself. I can, I can do this myself. I can just live the fucking dream of being a business owner and, and have all of this money and just like, like, what, you know, it's the same thing, man. Just driving it for so, yeah. You know, we, we, we all had that little hopeful, awesome, amazing dream in our skulls. And, um, what happens is, is that at, they learn. And as we all do, and if you're doing a good job, you're really learning some very expensive lessons because you're scaling. And as you're scaling, you're going like, fuck, 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 fuck. And then you, then you maybe, if you're smart, I think, have an aha moment. If you're still around after a few years, you go, Oh, so this is why 90% of businesses fail in the, you know, first five years or whatever it is, because there's this, you know, just a, somebody in a dream, you know what I mean? Not, not maybe not necessarily like entrepreneurs in the classical sense. So, uh, I mean, so with that being said, Keith, then, um, so let's just say somebody's getting started out and they don't, they don't have a budget for, uh, a financial consultant. Uh, and, and just spoiler alert on this guys, like you're, because a lot of people get, we all get calls, right? From the, uh, consultant world, you get all these consultant things that are people, Hey, I'm a consultant. I'm a consultant. I'm a consultant. <laughs> I actually reached out to you guys, uh, believe it or not. Uh, they didn't reach out to me. So that was the first, like for me, just because I am a cynical, skeptical, entrepreneur, uh, I'm always kind of like, well, they didn't pitch me. So I, I, I already feel more comfortable about that. Sure. Uh, but regardless, so uh, two prong question is one, if you're a baller on a budget, how can you start to do some things the right way before you learn all these expensive uh, lessons? And then uh, two, uh, what is something to look for in a good financial consultant? Yeah. So two good questions. Um, baller on the budget. Let's talk about that one first because it's important. Um, <clears throat> back to my comment. If we focus on creating and educating on a P&L, we focus on the numbers. We know what our money in, money out is, right? Then we can focus on making the right decision where the next dollar goes. So that next dollar needs to be in one of two places. Hiring the consultant to help you avoid all of these mistakes or... Uh, 
hiring the right CPA firm that's going to really help you with your numbers. Okay. So those are two spaces that I tell everyone that, that, that don't step over a dollar to pick up a penny, right? I don't want you to step over a dollar because you're afraid of the bill uh, to pick up a penny because it's a cheaper learning experience for you. When we approach this, and I think I even told you this, Kevin, like when we first got started, it was like, if I don't save you five or six times my fee a year, I'm going to tell you not to hire us. Like we can't help you. And so <clears throat> I think people have to look at this particular piece of the puzzle differently than they would elsewhere. So right now, when people look at hiring, they think expense, 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 right? Just like we think I need to hire the next employee for $80,000 a year. Well, no, you need to hire that next employee for 30, 60, 90 days until they prove that they're worth that $80,000 expense, right? So this is truly a two or three month cost to you. In the relationship for us, again, if we can't save you money, you're not going to hire us. But the idea is like, I'm going to start helping you chip away and save money from day one. I'm going to help you understand things you can do to maximize each dollar, minimize your tax liability, and keep more money in-house. So we got to be able to, to decipher like what is, where is my next important dollar? Where's the best place for me to invest that dollar? But we're not going to know that until we know the numbers. So knowing the numbers, then either consultant to help you avoid all of the bruises and bumps or really strong CPA and accountant firm so that you can still pay attention to your numbers. They can still do some tax strategy planning and you can start to understand the two flows there. Um, does that give you enough there, Kevin, on that piece? Yeah, I would like to expound on that just a, just a, a hair before we go into the next, uh, you know, what to look for in a, in a good consultant. Um, so... Uh, again, this is just from a, a, per, a personal standpoint, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm sure you have a lot of this going on, but it's something that I firmly believe in. Um, I like to work with everybody that we hire out that's out of house. And then what I want to do is have somebody in-house that's paying attention, watching what they're doing so we can double down on our efforts. Not so I can replace that person, fire that person, because I'm always like, especially let's, let's say for marketing, for example, I have people that I can attract out. We have people inside. I do stuff like we're like marketing, 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 marketing. Would you say it is a good idea that you are working? And, and I probably know the answer to this, but like, and again, we gotta. I, I know you don't have like a ton of cooks in the kitchen when you guys are trying to execute on a deliverable. Um, but would it be bad advice to start to like make sure that you're not just going like, "Hey, man, here you handle this, so I can run my business." But having somebody in your organization that has a more clear understanding of how the finer points of your business are working, so that they can work hand in hand with your financial consultant and make you know a data driven decisions based on the information. Yeah. Um, so two things there. One, yeah, we definitely want someone in house that we can communicate with and effectively and efficiently on the go. Uh, two reasons for that, right, Kevin? Your business changes every day. The bank account volume changes every day. Shit happens every day and you need someone at, on a call, call, call basis, right? Hey, I got this question. Hey, I need this contract looked at. Whatever the pain point may be. So there's got to be someone in-house that, that has the ability to field those calls, make those calls, but also, and even more importantly, be there for us to educate, right? 
my goal for a lot of our clients is to to go through the growth orient stage, right? And get you to a level where I'm ready to tell you like, hey, you guys need a full-time CFO in-house. You guys need a full-time roster in-house. You're at that level. We just had that conversation with a client recently. We're like, listen, we can continue operating this way. You're going to have to pay us a lot more for us to keep up with your volume of what you guys got going on and everything that we were doing for them. Or you can hire a CFO and I can then hand over everything to the CFO and get them up to speed in your business, allowing you to go create more business and then have someone you can literally walk into the next office and say, hey, I've got a question. So there is a tipping point where that makes mo- you know more sense. Um, and our job is to get you there, right? And, and then be vulnerable enough and, and, and transparent enough to say, hey, man, you guys are in a good spot. Like, Let's start looking for the CFO in the hot seat within your organization. Um, okay. So, um, Greg, you want to jump in? Cause like, I, I'll, I have like, I, yeah. I, I love, I love this shit. So, man. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Keith, the, the type of listeners of our show, we have people that are just starting out that are making, you know, maybe a hundred thousand a year. We have, we have some that are, you know, making a few million a year. There's, there's all sorts. Um, but most of them are, you know, in the water sport, boat rental, um, boat tour business, a majority, um, you know, what are some actionable things that, you know, this, and we're, we're, you know, going into tax season. So what are some actionable things that, uh, they could, should be doing right now, preparing for, you know, for the tax season that, that might save them some money? I mean, yeah. what are, good, good. So, so I want to kind of, uh, highlight tax season starts January 1st, right? The problem that we run into, uh, most oftentimes is that, and this is no dig on CPAs or accountants. It's just mere facts. They don't really want to talk to you until it's December. Hey, start collecting all your stuff, get it over to us, and we'll have your return prepared and ready March, April, May, right? The problem is that we've got 11 months of actionable decision-making, if you will, that, that we've missed. Because I know I can't remember three weeks ago, how the hell am I supposed to remember purchases or expenses or whatever the case is in January, February, March, all the way through December. So step one is to encourage and or force your CPA accountant, whoever you're working with, to talk with you at least once a month. You want to make sure that they're being proactive in the tax space and not reactive. Again, not a dig. It's just the mere fact. Every human has to file taxes. So why would they be proactive when they got 20,000 people beating their door down to file a tax return? Where we're different and where we try to come to the table from a different stance is we need to start offsetting Uncle Sam's piece of your money from day one. So if we can utilize it 365 days and start looking at taxes through the windshield instead of the rearview mirror, I'm going to be able to save you and help you utilize some things that we'll talk about here in a second to keep way more of your own money at the bottom line. Then you can grow better, grow quicker, grow faster, buy more shit, right? So what are some of the things that a lot of people want to talk about? So one of the one that everyone loves, if you're a business owner and you have children under the age of 18, you can put them on payroll. Okay. So the federal uh, the federal limit in 2022 was $12,950 for the year that you can pay your child. That is a way for you to move $12,950 from your top line of the business to your children's bank account 
college fund, bank account, whatever it is, right? You can put it in multiple places, tax-free. As long as you don't pay them one cent over that $12,950, it is tax-free to your children because it's under the standard deduction limit. So you basically just move thirteen grand for one kid into a bank account that you can utilize for your child tax-free, and it reduces your top-line income of the business. So it helps reduce tax strategy in the business as well. So an example of this, like, so my daughter, we spend 15000 a year on competitive gymnastics. Could we essentially pay her gymnastics gym membership through that fund? Yeah. So I'll tell you what I do with my kids. Two girls, right? 12 and 10. They both get paid. Uh, twelve thousand nine fifty, and and in twenty twenty three, I think it's going up to thirteen nine fifty, almost fourteen thousand. I'll get you guys the hard numbers uh, after the show. So I pay them. You don't have to pay them weekly, monthly, whatever. I just cut them one check at the beginning of the year, and I throw it into their account. Okay, so a I'm reducing my taxes by twenty six thousand dollars, right? And b I'm able to then go spend that twenty six thousand dollars however we want to spend it. Back to school shopping, tuition college, you name it, right? So I don't know how how old did you say your, your child was? Uh, I have two, a, a seven and 10. Okay. So for you, you could do this strategy. And when they get into middle school, if they're going private, high school, private, or in, then into college, it's tax-free college money. You could put it into a 529 and pay their tuition. You can put it into a bank account, pay for gymnastics, equestrian, whatever they're into. Um, so we use ours for travel, right? Family vacations, back to school shopping, whatever the kids need. So you said, um, so under, under 18 basically, right? Or yeah. I mean, cause you're for most oftentimes at 17, 18, they're going to go get a job, right? And they're going to make more than 12,950. If they don't, you can make up the difference. The minimum age is seven, right? There's, that is a very gray line. Okay. <laughs> very great line. Okay. I don't know. Um, not for me, so, man. My, we're like farmer type people, man. My daughter is seven I've years got, old. She's out I've there riding clients, jet skis. <laughs> yeah. I've got clients that have a six, seven, eight month old child. They put them in a logoed onesie and they put them on Facebook and they utilize them for Fucking marketing. marketing. So, so Keith, um, if they get their own job then and they make their own money, then it kind of it, it omits this. Like you, you – in a, in a sense, yes. So what we focus on okay. is the the standard deduction, twelve thousand nine fifty. So if they have a job, you know, working with your neighbor, mowing some yards or whatever, and they're making ten grand for the year, you can pay them the difference. You just can't go above that income. Okay. All right. The, the, yeah. This is this is pretty big. Yeah. Um, so that's okay. that's a standard. And, and I just I want to I got to put something out here, guys. Um, so I know what I'm going to pay Keith for that information going forward the year because that they, they they David gave me this whole thing too, and it really made me feel good. You know, I was like right from the get go, I felt like man, they're delivering value. So I just I want you guys out there. I, I really want you to get some takeaways because I talked to way too many guys in our industry. They fucking hate spending money on marketing. They hate spending. It's like they feel as though like if they can't touch it or see it, then it is not an asset and it has no value in it and it has no equity in it. Mm-hmm. You have to change the way you think about shit like that because I had one conversation with Tidlin. Now I probably could have walked away and got, man, I got you know $26,000 of value from that conversation. Huge win. 
But at the same point in time, if I, uh, and I'm not, we're not going to talk about numbers or whatever you guys charge. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you guys are going to charge what you're going to charge. And it's like, man, that's like right off the rip. That's delivering a, like a deliverable right there. That is like, Greg, I just saw you write that 12,950. Um, Keith can bill both of us for a service. (laughs) 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 Destiny, we'll, just for Destiny, we'll, we'll share them or whatever. But you know, the, the, you know, my point being guys is that, and and I, I want to just, you know, Keith, our show is definitely about educating people for sure, entertaining people. But I just, we, I talk about, it's usually from a standpoint of marketing. No one ever wants to spend the marketing dollars or they cheap on the marketing dollars. And it's just like anything else. You think you're the best parasailer on the planet. You think you have the best boat rental on the planet. You have the best dolphin cruise. And that's why you charge the most amount of money because you're delivering the best product. Maybe you don't. Maybe you are the lowest price in the country. And we all know what that can get you on a fucking parachute attached right. to you. But, uh, you know, my point being, guys, is just that this is something that's like you really have to think in terms of value and deliverables. Like you're not going to be able to put like a a final price tag on some of this stuff because it's a constant evolution in your business and a constant learning experience. So sorry, I just had to sidebar that a little bit. No worries. Uh, uh, Keith, let's let's keep going unless you had any anything else to add to that one. No. So so, you know. Paying kids is is kind of uh, the number one go to, right? Um, the the next one that a lot of folks uh, don't know is it's what's called the Augusta strategy. Okay, so if you own a business, it's got to be a, either an LLC filing as an S corp, or an S corp elect, uh, or just an S corp. Uh, it can't just be a standard LLC in this one. Creating the difference there is one piece of paper. So if you're currently an LLC only. I will encourage you and save you about 8% on your tax bill and your payroll uh, to go ahead and file for an S-Corp elect. And we can talk about that at another time. But where I'm going with that is the Augusta strategy. So everyone knows Augusta National right Golf Tournament in Augusta, Georgia. That's where this thing was created. The folks who lived on the golf course were renting their houses out during those two weeks where the golf tournament was in town. And they petitioned IRS saying that they shouldn't be taxed on that income uh, for 14 days because it's not a true business. It's a hobby. They won and which created the Augusta strategy, also known as uh, 280A in the tax code. This allows a business owner who has an office outside of their primary residence. Okay, So you can't utilize your home office in this one. You have to have a standalone office outside. This allows your company to rent your primary residence for up to 14 days a year. This is for board meetings, get-togethers, functions, whatever it may be. But for 14 days out of the year, you can then rent your primary residence to your business. There's some paperwork that has to be uh, created, which we can help you guys with. And I can send that over to you guys so you can pass it out if anyone needs it. But essentially, we create a lease between your business and your uh, your personal name. And uh, then we create the 14 days that you utilize it. This allows your company to rent your property for that night. So let's break that 14 days down into one day. You guys are having clients over, potential clients. In your world, everyone's a potential client. So everyone that shows up to your house could potentially rent a boat from you. That's That checks the box. You can then write off food and drinks. You can write off the DJ. You can write off paperware, whatever that is you need. You just can't write off anything that that can be used again. So this is a one-stop shop. So catering can be written off. All the party fun can be written off. 
plus you get to rent your house. We come up with that and we utilize basically 10% of the value of your home. It's kind of where that number lands. We go off local Airbnb. So for you guys in Destin and, and around the sea, the shoreline, that number is going to be inflated because everyone pays more to be by the ocean. So it's in our benefit. We, we look at local convention centers and what they charge to rent out for the day and we come up with that number. So let's just say it's, you know, we come up with 500 bucks, 600 bucks. Um, you know, that's $8,400 that you can stroke your check from your business to your personal pocketbook and not pay one dime in taxes. It's tax free money. Okay. So between those two strategies, that's $30,000, $50,000 in some cases. I know some of you guys have, you know, four or five, six kids. Uh, but, but that's another strategy in which you can move tax-free money from the business to your personal pocketbook and not have to worry about picking up taxes on the personal side, reducing taxes on the business side, keeping more money in the business, putting more money in your personal account. Uh, that can lead to you guys reducing your W-2 income, right? If you don't want to make more money, you just want to be more conscious of how we're moving it. Reduce your W two income, saving you even more taxes. You know this thing can go into a huge spider. And Keith, that that doesn't have to be consecutive, does it? It can be no. like okay, just fourteen days. Period. Okay, fourteen days out of the year. Period. Yep. And as long as uh, you know the paperwork's in order, and uh, if Uncle Sam wants to send his buddy to sit on your couch and take up residency, and I hand them a folder, and they go away. I got. I got to follow up. So. Um, so let's talk about bad. Let's talk about bad CPAs for a minute. What is like, and again, something pretty basic that your CPA is doing that almost all CPAs are doing that you're going like that you see this all the time and you're like, oh my god, fuck, you know, yeah, I'm paying my cousin, she's my CPA, you know, 175 dollars a month or whatever it is, and they do my taxes and fucking, it's great. Mm-hmm. What are those CPAs mostly fucking up? Everything. <laughs> I mean, we don't have enough fucking time. <laughs> you know? Um, again, they're just not being proactive. Most of the time, they are ultra conservative. So when I hop on the phone with some of our client CPAs and I say, hey, we're going to implement the Augusta strategy. We're going to pay the kids. It's like fucking the, the lunk alarm at Planet Fitness goes off. <laughs> Right, we don't we don't want we don't want anything to do with that because we don't want to to potentially get an audit. Okay, well then, that's a number one of where they're screwing up. Okay, they're they're reactive, so they're not talking once a month. That's the second point that they're screwing up, and the third point is that again they just want you to send all your shit over in December and then pay them their fee and then pay the government an exorbitant amount of money that you shouldn't have to pay them. So, like, I think that I think maybe the takeaway from this, and correct me if I'm wrong. Is that look? You look at like the top one percent of the country, the Elon Musk, the Donald Trumps, all these super wealthy guys. They're getting audited every fucking year, right? The IRS audits billionaires every fucking year, every quarter. They they rifle through their shit. So I and again, tell me if I'm wrong here, but the point is, if you're utilizing everything to your advantage, you are reducing your tax liability, you're keeping more money, and at the same point in time, you're remaining in compliance because you're following the letters to the law, and you're good to go. So it's like, yeah, well, fucking cool, audit me because we did everything correct and by the book, and we're still ending up with you know, and 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 without getting off into like any political ramp, I, I'm kind of 
pretty sure like this is why Trump didn't doesn't want him rough, rifling through his fucking tax shit because he's like, yeah, man, I'm just using the system and that you guys created. Whatever. I know we're not a political show and I'm not trying yeah. to do that, but I'm talking but about more him as a businessman. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, take Trump's name out of it. You, you know, I've got clients that, you know, they're making uh, retarded amounts of money, real fuck you money uh, to the tune of they can go buy what they want, when they want, where they want, how they want. And they're getting tax returns. Okay, they're making all this money hand over fist and they don't pay into taxes because they're taking advantage of the tax code. The other two big free takeaways that I wanted to deliver to to you guys and and your crew is depreciation. Right. So so everyone hears this fucker from their CPA. Hey, you had a really good year. It's December 15th. You got 15 days to go buy a truck. Go buy a car. That's that's the go to. And that's good because you've got depreciation and bonus depreciation on that, which has gone down this year to 80% in 23, but it's still a good opportunity. So for you guys that, that have you know boats and they're buying boats and jet skis and all of this equipment that we can accelerate the depreciation on, that does help. Cost segregation studies on real estate is the killer. Okay, this this is where the game changes. So a lot of us have businesses. A lot of us take the money that we create in this business and buy wealth elsewhere, right? Real estate, rentals, short-term rentals, long-term rentals, commercial property. You can accelerate the depreciation on one of those pieces of property the same way you do a 6,000-pound truck. Okay, so I'll give you a real-world scenario. We created a cost segregation or we completed one, sorry, um, in July. It was a new construction single-family dwelling. My client bought it to turn it into a long-term rental. We did a cost segregation on that. We accelerated the depreciation up into like seven years from the 39-year amortization. We bumped it up to a seven-year depreciation schedule. It saved him $77,000 in taxes this year. So, so uh, Keith, um, yeah, this is real interesting. Uh, when you talk depreciation in your home, are you talking about um, the wear and tear on, on the home? Because don't homes appreciate, they don't depreciate. Technically, where am I getting this mixed up? Yeah, so I'm not talking about depreciating your asset. I'm talking about the depreciation that you take over the 39 and a half years when you buy a home. So if you buy a home, I paid $800,000 for my home, right? The Mm -hmm. one that we currently live in. Every single year, I depreciate $12,000. It's just part of the amortization scale of you paying 800 grand, you depreciate that over the 39 and a half years. But you're talking, you're talking about the interest. Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. not not actually depreciating that the the value of the asset itself, right? So there's a 39 and a half year scale that this amortization when you buy anything the same way when you mm-hmm. buy a car, right? Well, we accelerate that into one, three, five, seven, ten. It's different for everybody, right? But we we can accelerate that, and instead of taking ten to twelve to fifteen thousand dollars every single year, we take much larger pieces in each individual year on the front end. So in this particular but space, are, are we not money. already getting um, a deduction uh, with interest? The interest we pay on our mortgage, we're getting a deduction. There's you saying on top of that, we can get additional. Yeah, 
So well, he's accelerating. He's accelerating it. So yeah. instead of one year, Greg, it's so we do the same thing with we do the same thing with our boats, right? So when I buy a boat, it's technically not an asset, an appreciating asset, it's a depreciating asset. So we we have a five year uh, schedule on on our on our equipment, so mm-hmm. I can accelerate that depreciation over five over five years and depreciate it in one year. This is why everyone in our industry constantly is buying tons of boats every year, True. because you buy the boat and then you depre you accelerate the depreciation on it and then you write i mean you can write off the, the, all of the the entire payment for that that boat and it's not um it's not an asset it well it's an so, asset just an appreciating asset okay so there are but, but what if i have a, a really shitty year you know and i don't it, wouldn't wouldn't that be a situation where you wouldn't want to accelerate that you'd want to use that write off for a year that you made a lot of money and you need you need some deductions is that we we do it every year we do it every year because, you know, and, and sure, if there's if there's a, a year where we just get, you know, flatlined for whatever reason, we'd probably not explore a lot of these things, right? Because there's no need to do it. But I can tell you, uh, and, and, you know, to, to Kevin's point, like you guys see in your industry every year, 10, 15, 20 new boats coming in, right? Guys are doing the same shit in real estate. Right, so this particular client, what did he do with that seventy-seven grand? He bought two more pieces of property, put put down payments on, t- and so now now the cycle has started. So now instead of buying five boats, you're buying three pieces of real estate, four pieces of real estate, and you're depreciating them all over the same way, and you just stack the deck full of wealth, right? Full of cash flow, monthly cash flow. You've got all of these assets built up, but the generation of that came from the main business. Right. So that's where this all comes back in full circles. Like, let's get real intimate with our numbers. Let's understand where we can save as much money as we can from the government. Let's understand how to maximize each dollar, liquidity and leverage, where to place assets. And then let's build the cash flow. Got it. Got it. Um, I want to make one point about the CPA thing. So we actually don't, we've been in business for 15 years, we don't have a CPA. Because they suck. Every CPA that we hired, they charged us an arm and a leg and they did exactly what you were saying. They just said the basic things I could go on Google and, and find. Yeah. This is, I, I, you know, I, I think this is a really important uh, a lesson to everybody is that a consultant uh, like Keith is going to go in a whole different direction, you know, than a CPA would. I feel like most, and there are probably some good CPAs that you're aware sure. of that will to tell you about these things, but I, I always ask the CPA, what are some things that no one's talking about that you can give us? Like what, what are the real, the, the, the secrets or the, or the wealth they are using? And I can never get a straight answer for any of them. It's like they don't even want to try to deploy the really creative solutions. So I use a tax pre- pre- preparer for my tax returns. They're, it's like 500 bucks and they just put everything, all the numbers in because why do I need a CPA that's just going to do basically tax preparation services and not give me the, the really good advice, you know, to save me money. So because we're um, paying them 300 bucks a month, dude. And, 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 and I fucking hate to say it. And I, and I'm just gonna, <laughs> and this is why, like when I spoke with Keith that I was like, yep, because same. so I had the same fucking problems. Me and Ilya talked about it nonstop. I'm like, dude, I need somebody with creative solutions. I need somebody that has fucking real, that has a, a dog in the fight that has a, that fucking has an interest in my business. And we all know the fucking answer to what that is. 
you got to fucking pay him. It's either that or he becomes like my partner and I'm definitely not giving that. I don't, Come I only on, got need one sexy guy in my organization. I'm the top fucking dog in the sexy. The <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I love those even fucking more. So, <laughs> well, look, man, listen, I got a date night that's getting ready to start here with my wife that may or may not involve gambling. I know Greg's like, oh, what? You're gambling without me? But So me, me and Tammy got a date night that involves a casino down the road there. <laughs> keep, keep, keep this thing I'm a degenerate gambler because when we first talked, we, we were at a rival, Greg. And uh, I went out and Keith and I got on the horn and we started having a conversation. And I was in, we were in Vegas in a rival and Keith's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? He's like, the first thing I got to tell you is like, don't, don't lose all your fucking money, man. <laughs> The but, dude um, called me from the damn slot machine. Bro. He didn't even try to hide it. <laughs> I was like, listen, I need a creative solution on how I just burned all this money. He's like, man. how do I overcome $5,000 loss? <laughs> well, um, well, Keith, can you, Kevin, do you have time for one more? Maybe. Do you have said you have one more? Uh, What's that? Question? Well, no, he had one more piece of advice. On, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One more tip. Uh, yeah, or, so, so it was the cost segregation, but I also wanted to answer the second question Kevin had real quick too. I'm like, what what do you want to look for in someone like us or financial advisor? Um, so listen, I, I came from Northwestern Mutual. I came from a uh, organization, right? Uh, you don't want to work with anyone who works for a company only. So no Northwestern Mutual representative, no no Mass Mutual representative. If they're representing a company, they're selling you something in return for their advice. You want an independent fiduciary. You want someone who's got a consulting firm that that represents many different companies and can you know bring all of the different solutions to the table. And they're not just chasing. Uh, you know, what place am I at in my office in Jacksonville? Like, have I outsold the next representative in my office? So yeah. make sure that they're a fiduciary, you know, interview the shit out of them. Ask them all the questions like, how do you operate? What's the fee? Tell us about how many times am I going to see you? Are you proactive, reactive? Give me some examples. Let me talk to some of your clients, whoever might you know be interested in sharing their experience. Uh, but you definitely want someone independent. You want a fiduciary you know, you want to make sure that you look them up on Broker Check, right? It's a website you can go and type anybody's name. It'll bring up all their licenses, what states they're operating in, and all of the information. That is the secret sauce because you can go in there and see, hey, this Johnny had a DUI three weeks ago, and he's divorced, and he's got a lien on his house and all this shit. Well, that guy can't be giving you real money advice because he's a shit show himself. So just do the due diligence. Start with Broker Check. That's going to give you all of their professional data. And then just go in and interview. Um, shit, I'll help you interview people. I don't care. These are fun. I love it, man. I, I lo- dude, I got to tell you, like, I, I, and, and, and like, I'm completely transparent. You know, I was like, I, I, lo- I looked you up. I didn't go on a broker check or anything like that. But I was like, oh, man, you know, I was like, you look like I found your Johnny Cop picture on LinkedIn, man. You <laughs> you look bro, like I somebody- in with the outlaws in town, bro. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, no, you're all clean cut, dude. And fucking, you had to like, you look like a total cop in that picture, dude. I was yeah. like, I think this guy's fucking trustworthy. He looks like a cop, man. Now you don't look like a cop. You you look like a, uh, a convicted uh, criminal like myself. But, <laughs> just kidding. Birds of a feather. <laughs> <laughs> Not white collar though, totally blue collar, like, 100%. you know, assault, you know. <laughs> so Keith, man, 
Um, if anybody listens to the show and they're like, man, I like that guy. We want to hire Tidelin. How do they get a – I don't even think you even said the name of your company. So, I, think I we mean, did. We, we introduced him correctly, him, but, right? But Keith, go ahead and just give us a little – like how people contact you if they want yeah. to yeah. learn more or ask yeah, a question. Yeah, so um, my cell phone is probably the, the most simplistic, 904-401-9327. Our website is tidelandconsulting.com, T-I-D-E-L-A-N-D, so Tideland. Fits right in with your fucking boats, uh, right? Tidelandconsulting.com. Uh, email is Keith at Tidelandconsulting.com. But like I said, man, I'm I'm a fucking available dude. Hit me on the cell phone. Shoot me a text, whatever it is. Or get with Kevin. Uh, get with Greg. They can get a hold of me as well. Awesome, man. Well, brother, thank you so much for coming on, dude. Incredibly illuminating show, man. I, I think this will probably be one of the – all of our – anytime we talk about money, those shows always download the most, man. So I, I think people get a ton of value on it. Thanks so much for your time. And uh, as always, guys, thanks for listening and uh, keep it awkward. Thanks again for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you have further thoughts, questions, or comments about this episode, head to our Facebook group, Watersport and Boat Tour Operators to continue the conversation. See you next time.